Welcome to the Ice Guys, now presented by National Hockey Now, our new home. Back for another NHL season, we are thrilled uh, to be here. Ian Cameron with you for a special bonus edition, I guess you will, uh, of the Ice Guys uh, to get things going for the 2022-23 season. Uh, And the reason we're doing a bonus episode is because our guest, we wanted to bring him on. We wanted to do a preview show. He was interested in doing a preview show, but he's over in England. He's playing in the in, in a British uh, hockey league right now over there, and he's playing uh, with his team Thursday and Friday this week. So he said, let's accommodate. Let's bring him on Tuesday. We'll do a bonus episode. So here we are. Very excited to have someone that's actually from just down the road from me uh, here in Hamilton, from Brantford, Ontario, home of the great one. Uh, and actually, I know a wonderful uh, couple of mine. I've been friends with uh, Peter for a long time there. They live in Brantford. They love the area. Uh, there, a great little town, and this is where our special guest is from, uh, pro hockey player Mike Crocock, joining us here today uh, on the Ice Guys. Mike, uh, it is good to have you with us to get the NHL season started. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so talk a little bit about who you are, how where you've played, how long you've played, where you're playing now, and just the hockey journey that has been for, for Mike Crocock. Yeah, um, as you said, I'm from Brantford. I grew up playing in Brantford uh, for the 99ers my whole way through minor hockey. Um, after that, I was drafted to London in the OHL. Um, went on to play a little bit of Junior B, Brantford, Welland, um, and then Junior A, Burlington, uh, Kingston, Summerside, Pembroke, a bunch of different places around there. Um, got a scholarship to Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. Uh, D1 school down there. Uh, played there for four years. And then after that, turned pro uh, with Newfoundland Growlers, Reading Royals. Um, I went over to Sweden during the COVID year. And then this will be my second season over here in England. So I play for the Guilford Flames now. Um, so yeah, that's it's been a journey for sure, but uh, it's been good. It's been exciting and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, if you love hockey, it doesn't matter how many different teams you play for, how many different cities and countries even uh, that you play in. You love the game. You love the sport. It beats doing some other things, uh, and uh, that's why you keep on doing it. There's no question. And we got to tip the cap, too, to your Guildford Flames for a nice start to their season so far. You say your team is doing very well uh, to begin the season. Just how well? Yeah, I, thanks. I mean, we've uh, we started out really well so far. Um, it's a bit different over here with the European leagues. We do something called the, the Challenge Cup. Um, so you play a certain amount of games against, I think we have Cardiff and Coventry and that. And then we have our actual league points. So uh, we've just been kind of back, back and forth with those two um, divisions. And uh, I think we're right now, I think we're at the top of the league standings. And... I think by a couple points and then we're doing well in the cup too. So it's been good so far. We're uh, hoping to keep it rolling here. That's a great start. There's no question. Now, as we always like to do with our first time guests, we get the highlight reel out. We got a little special, something they're not expecting uh, when we, uh, when they uh, join the show. So with that in mind, let's see what we've got here for uh, our special guest here. Let's go. Here we go. Watch this. Our IT Watch would try this to hang on in the final 20 minutes, injury. but Mike Crocock gets the equalizer for the Pioneers with under five minutes remaining. And RIT and Sacred Heart. That was during your days with Sacred Heart, correct? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> How about that? A little blast from the past right there. And of course, that's from the days with your Sacred Heart team 
uh, many years ago against uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, I believe, RIT. Uh, is yeah. who you were playing that day. See, a little nice little pinball puck ends up right on your stick, and bam, right in the back Not of the bad. net. Pretty much a gift. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like I say, the first goal could go off someone's backside or some off the skate, or it could be a roof job on a breakaway. Doesn't matter. It went in the net. It counts. Yeah. That's yeah, all that matters uh, at yeah. the end of the day. So Mike's still playing pro hockey. We're going to try to have Mike on the Ice Guys show with us many times throughout the uh, season as well. So uh, looking forward to that. So. Let's get into some NHL. It was a uh, uh, interesting uh, off season, and certainly a lot of changes with these teams. We're just going to run through these teams pretty much uh, in alphabetical order. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, to begin. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks. When I look at this team coming into this uh, season here, Mike, I actually have this team pro projected to be better and perhaps a lot better. Quite mm -hmm. honestly, I like what they're doing up front with the forward group. I think it's very strong if they all stay healthy there. Adam Enrique, Tra Trevor Zegras, Troy Terry is probably set in stone as their top line. I love the additions of Frank Vitrano, Ryan Strom, uh, forwards. Mason McTavish, I think, is ready for the NHL. We got to see him uh, very up close and personal here with the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, down the stretch in the uh, uh, in the junior in the OHL last year. Won the OHL championship, went to the Memorial Cup final. He was excellent. I mean, he does everything, scores, sets you up offensively, physical, tenacious, great four-checker, tough on the puck, hard to get off the puck. I mean, he's got all those great skill sets that are going to help this Anaheim team. You know, if Max Comtois can stay healthy, he can be an impactful offensive player. Lundestrom certainly has a lot of growth to him. I mean, this Anaheim team certainly got some capabilities up front. The blue line, Jamie Drysdale. is going to be a cornerstone defenseman for a long time. You've got Fowler. You bring in John Klingberg. One of the, I would say probably a top 10 defenseman from the Dallas Stars in the offseason. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, a veteran addition. Kevin Shattenkirk. You've got Nathan Beaulieu, Josh Mahura, who played a lot on that blue line last year. You've got depth, too, now on that blue line. It all centers around John Gibson to me because we know this guy at the top of his game is one of the premier goalies in the league, but he had a falling off last year. It was a terrible season for him uh, by his standards. If he can get back to the John Gibson we remember, I think this is a much improved Anaheim team. Mike, what do you think about the Ducks? Yeah, I, I think you, you're bang on on that one. Um, I think just looking at their point totals from last year, they finished running seventh in the Pacific. Um, and I, I've thought this for a while too, that they have a really good amount of prospects that seem like they're going to pan out pretty well here. I mean, with the guys, like you said, like uh, Jamie Drysdale and then with McTavish coming in as well, I mean, they're going to be good for sooner than people think. And I think for a long time as well, if they get these guys locked up long-term. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Like they're going to surprise some people this year, I believe. So we'll see. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I played them over their point total. Uh, this year, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, again, the playoffs are going to be tricky. If only, even though they could, they could be improved. I think they will be improved. Playoffs are still going to be tricky for them because of just how ridiculously tough and depth uh, laden the Pacific Division is. I mean, you've got Edmonton, you've got Calgary, you've got L.A. Of course, who made the playoffs last year. Vegas, you know, could be bouncing back this year. We'll see. Uh, Vancouver, you know, a full season with Boudreaux, you know, in, in training camps going to help them. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams in that division, and there's there's only so many uh, tickets to the dance, if you will, a.k.a. the playoffs. So yeah. that's going to be the challenge. Anaheim could be improved yet still miss the playoffs that's at the end of the day. So. Yeah, that's that's going to be the uh, tricky part. But I do like them over 79 and a half. 
yeah. with their uh, point total this year. All right, Arizona Coyotes uh, next up here. Uh, Arizona, obviously one of the worst teams in the NHL last year. Uh, they're moving in. It's an embarrassing situation with their home rink. I mean, it's, let's just call it out for what it is. It's good for the for the kids at Arizona State on in Tempe there on campus. They can get drunk, they can get loaded, and go to a Coyotes <laughs> game. Uh, that's always going to be fun, and uh, they're going to enjoy that. But for the NHL, it's it's a bad look. I mean, let's let's call it out like we see it. They're playing a little rinky-dink arena. I mean, that's not something that uh, the NHL wants, but it's the situation that they're in because they they're stubborn. They keep trying to make it work. Uh, that team and in that in that state, you know, and um, it's just uh, it's 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 going to be funny to see uh, Arizona home games in that little arena uh, this year. But uh, as for as for the team on the ice, look, we did see them improve a little bit down the stretch. But again, you look at this team and what if they suffer injuries? That's going to be the problem because, you know, we saw Nick Schmaltz play very well last year for them. Clayton Keller as well. Uh, Barrett Hayton's going to have to step up. Lawson Krause showed you some glimpses. Uh, they they brought in Nick Bukestad, I think, because they see, hey, this guy was a pretty good player at one point, but he's had injuries. He hasn't necessarily had that same offensive production the last few years. Maybe we can bring it out of him, but they have no depth. I mean, if any of these forwards get hurt, they don't have a huge stockpile waiting in the wings to replace them uh, adequately. Uh, the blue line, when you look at it, Jacob Chikrin's situation, I mean, he's, uh, I think, a bit of a disgruntled defenseman right now for the Arizona Coyotes. He's not really thrilled that he's still there. Uh, I definitely think the rumblings are true. He wants out. It's just a question of when will he get moved, probably closer toward the trade deadline. So he's probably only going to be with this team for the first half of the season. Uh, Gostas Bear uh, is just a nightmare defensively. I know he can skate. I know he's pretty good offensively. He can quarterback a power play sometimes. But, man, just a colossal uh, display of blunders constantly in the defensive zone from him. Uh, you've got a bunch of youngsters and then a bunch of journeyman defensemen, essentially Pat Nemeth, Josh Brown. It's just not a, a stable blue line by any stretch of the imagination. And then in goal, Karel Vamelk is their, I guess, brightest prospect in net, but some good, some bad last year, although he didn't get a lot of help. And then you've got John Gillies and you've got Jonas Johansson. That's not exactly a, uh, a bet on goaltending trio, if you ask me. So tough times for Arizona, Mike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's a tough situation for them just for, right from the get-go with the rink and everything that's kind of surrounded them for the past few years here. Um, and then again, with Chikrin, whether or not he's asking to leave or whatnot, um, I mean, he's pretty much their quarterback back there. So um, if they lose him, that's going to be another huge loss for them. So, it, I mean, it'll be a tough year in the desert, I think. Um they're going to have to go through these years of rebuilds. It looks like where you've seen so many times with uh, different teams throughout the league. And um, this seems to be one of it. We'll see how things hold up with the arena. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's real. It seems like it's kind of like, Oh, we're just kidding at the end of the day, but we're getting closer and closer to the regular season. And <laughs> it seems like it's going to be a thing. So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to, to actually hear from, not only members of the Coyotes, but the away team as well. Just like what the whole situation is like there. Um, it's going to be completely different. So we'll see. I mean, again, if you can build through your draft and if you can bring these prospects along and maybe get some good returns for uh, the Chikrin trade, if you're, if it's going to happen anytime soon, um, then who knows, right? But um, for right now, it doesn't look great for them. 
No, it does not. 25-win team last year. Yet, from a betting standpoint, Mike, 25 wins, yet they were only for their backers last year, minus 4.93 units of profit. So that's using one unit per play for the season. That means if you bet one unit on Arizona for all 82 games, you were only down 4.93 units, even though they only won 25 games. And why is that? Because how many of those 25 wins were they cashing in at a plus 260, plus 350 plus 400 even underdog. I remember they were plus 400 against Colorado wow. late in the season, and they actually won that game, I believe, in a shootout in Denver. That's what will make you more, you know, it's what will minimize the loss uh, betting on a team, even though they've only won 25 games. Yeah, exactly. And if you're, I mean, hockey's so difficult to predict, right? Because anything can happen on any night. So, um, yeah, you never know with that. A team like Arizona could go in and beat up yeah. on a team like Colorado that's maybe coming in from, a long trip or a couple games in a row where guys are hurt or something like that. And yeah. you never know. So yeah, they're, they're, they're not bad enough that they can't take advantage of certain situations that are in their favor. Uh, yeah. And we did yeah. see that with Arizona a couple times last year. All right. We go now to the Boston Bruins uh, next up uh, Boston last year, 51 wins uh, at 29 losses uh, on the uh, season last year uh, for uh, Boston. Uh, let me just know 51 and 31 rather uh, the 31 losses, by the way, for Boston and for all these teams, when I say losses, it's a combination of regulation overtime shootout losses. Mm-hmm. I basically gr- group them all together and that makes up the uh, 31. So 51 and 31 last year w- were the uh, Boston Bruins. As far as profitability goes last year, they were profitable uh, 2.01 units of profit last year. So you did make money uh, betting on the uh, Boston Bruins last year. I think it's going to be tough to make money on them this year, especially early. I mean, early in the season, you look at what this Bruins team is going through, Mike. It's going to be some issues. I mean, they are very much depleted. They're going to have some key absences to begin this season. They're bringing in a brand-new head coach and Jim Montgomery. You know, thank goodness some of these guys, like especially Patrice Bergeron, decided, you know what, I'm not going to retire just yet. Uh, I'm going to come back for another year or else. It really could have been grim for this team. But, you know, they start the season with Brad Marchand. On IR, one third of the uh, one of the best top lines in the NHL for the last few years. Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak. Uh, we know how great uh, they have been for the uh, Bruins together. But you're going to be without Brad Marchand for a good chunk of time to begin the season. You've got two of your most important blue liners uh, not starting the season as well due to injury that they're going to miss significant time. Charlie McAvoy, uh, Matt Grizzlick. Uh, that's not a good thing for the uh, Bruins either. And now here in training camp, Taylor Hall. Uh, has suffered an injury, an upper body injury, and he's going to be out on a week-to-week basis. So you've got key absences here. And I look at the depth chart suddenly, Mike. You've got Bergeron, DeBrusque, Zaka, who brought, was brought in from New Jersey, Pavel Zaka in the offseason. Uh, David Krejci's back, of course, played in Europe the last few years, now back with the Bruins, could be slotted on a uh, second line with Pasternak and Frederick based on the current uh, line combos, Wagner, Coyle, Smith, third line, and Coil sometimes you get offense, sometimes you don't. Same with Craig Smith, the streaky. Felino, uh, Tomas Noshek, and this young kid, A.J. Greer, has actually worked his way into a potential uh, opening night uh, roster spot for the Bruins as well. We'll see if he uh, is able to get it. And then you look at the blue line now. Hampus Lindholm from Anaheim still here. Brandon Carlo, Mike Riley, Connor Clifton. But you're going to have some shakeups now at the uh, back. You know, Anton Strawman. Getting older a little bit. Great defenseman in, you know, a few years ago in terms of defensively. You know, very good in his own end. Good positioning, block shots, all of that. 
still give you some of that, but his defensive game has declined the last couple of years. Jakob Zaboral as well. Uh, but there is depth concerns now with the Grizzlick and McAvoy injuries. And what, what do we know about Jeremy Swayman yet? Not much. We don't know how good he can be just yet. We haven't seen enough. You know, he's going to be the guy, Linus Allmark, the backup, Keith Kincaid as well. So they have three goalies right now. Uh, they're not going to keep three goalies. Kincaid and Allmark are battling it out for the backup spot probably. But there's questions about the Bruins. I think the Bruins, Mike, are a bet against team early on because of who's going to be out. I think they're going to get off to a sluggish start. I think they're a, a team that's not going to be as good this year anyway, but I think particularly early with who's not going to be on the ice for them could be a good opportunity to bet against them in the month of October. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I mean, having McAvoy out is, in itself is huge, a huge loss for them, right? He's their quarterback in their power play right from the get-go. So you think about who kind of slots into that spot for him and without Matt Grizzlick either, I mean, you're looking into either a forward back there or third, fourth defenseman that maybe not doesn't have that um, that time and experience playing that kind of role in the NHL. So um, right then and there, that's going to hurt. And then the goalie situation as well. Like, I mean, Jeremy Swayman came in. Um, he seemed to do a decent job for them throughout his young career so far. But again, do we really know what we're going to get from him night in and night out? And um, and with the backup situation, who knows, right? So, um, and up front, I mean, yeah, you have your Pasternak, you have your Marshawn, you have your Bergeron. And then kind of from there, it's like, we'll see with the depth situation. I mean, um, obviously that line's going to drive their offense for a lot of the nights, but um, again, they have to stay healthy. They have to have a supporting cast around them to be able to, win games and I mean from the start here and they might be in tough we'll see yeah definitely I think it's going to be a tough start for uh, Boston and we'll see if they can regroup from that Buffalo Sabres now uh, next up don't look now but late in the season last year we saw some improvement from the uh, Sabres they had a very strong finish to the season 32 and 50 last year Mike but how about 5.72 units of profit how about them being the sixth most profitable team in the NHL in the regular season last year, the Buffalo Sabres, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, you how crazy that, is that? Holy, yeah, <laughs> yep. And it's because of all the underdog tickets they cashed down the stretch when they got when they really started to play well. They got red hot down the stretch. Um, there's a lot to like about Buffalo up front. Okay, there's definitely still some holes to fill uh, with this team, uh, but up front, I like what I see from the Sabres. They're going to be able to score. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, Jeff Skinner. Uh, and, of course, Tage Thompson, uh, Victor Olofsson, uh, they're back. And Victor Olofsson, it's time to shut up with the uh, he's only a power play guy. Uh, this guy's five-on-five -five offense improved significantly. His even strength play got a whole lot better last year. Uh, that was good to see. He became a more well-rounded player, not just someone that scores on the power play. Uh, Casey Middlestat, if he stays healthy. Alex Tuck, of course, I thought he... You know, close to home. He's one of the guys that's definitely excited to play uh, in Buffalo because he's close to the area. Jack Quinn, they really think highly of this kid. He's only 21. He's a center. He's looked pretty good here in the preseason early. You got Peyton Krebs also, like Tuck, brought in in that Jack Eichel deal uh, from the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Dylan Cousins, I think that's someone you watch out for. This kid just works his tail off every game. He's got a little bit of everything to him, can score. It, it doesn't mind dropping the gloves even now and then uh, as well. It's got that little sandpaper physical element as well. Uh, uh, J.J. Paterka, keep an eye on him. This is someone that's opened up some eyes in training camp as well. 
Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, going forward. But they think he has a chance to crack this roster. Uh, Ocposo is still here, who had a resurgent offensive year. I wasn't expecting that out of Kyle Ocposo last year. He kind of had a turn-back-the-clock type of season. Uh, Asplund, Gergensen, uh, Riley Sheehan, Anders Bjork, Vinny Hinnestros. I mean, they've they've got tons of forward depth. They're very good up front, in my opinion, the Sabres, at least have the potential to be. The blue line, they've got three stalwarts, youngsters that they're going to rely on for a long time. Matias Samuelson, Rasmus Dahlin, who had a bounce-back year, big-time bounce-back year last year for him. And Owen Power. I've got the power! <laughs> Owen Power. Sabres do uh, have the uh, power. Uh, and uh, full year now with him. I think he's ready for the NHL. Great poise with the puck. Great vision. Sees the ice well. Great passer. Uh, he's got an underrated shot. Uh, getting better defensively, I find, especially as he played more games late in the year with the Sabres last year. Tons of experience, you know, college, world juniors, all that. Uh, he'll fit in very nicely. I think he's ready for this moment. They bring in Ilya Labushkin, a physical defenseman. Uh, Bryson and Henry Yoki Haru rounding out the blue liners. I like the blue line. I especially like the top three. I like Labushkin for a little physical element brought in. But the question is the goaltending. It, that's the one thing that's going to be a worry for Buffalo. You got 40-year-old Craig Anderson. I can't believe he actually came back, but here he is again playing uh, another season. You've got Uko Pekka Lukanen, who has – his development has not gone as quickly as they thought. He has not really progressed uh, as much as they had hoped for, a guy that they had high hopes as maybe their next goalie. And they bring in Eric Comrie, who, look, Eric Comrie from the Jets, he had a great year last year backing up Hellebuck. But is he going to be able to do that again? You know, this is a guy that only had that one really good season last year. Can he do that again? Because sometimes you see one good year, and then it's a flash in the pan. They don't follow it up next year. So big questions in goal, and that could be a concern for Buffalo. But overall, this is definitely a team that improved late last year, has some potential this year. What do you think, Mike, about the uh, Sabres? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, their forward group up front, now that you named some of those guys, it's like, yeah, wow, the depth there is great. Um, and you have your back end that is starting to fill out. I mean, with two first overall picks on D, like you can't go wrong with that, right? And so far it seems like Darlene's having a, a bit of a ba bounce back from obviously a tough rookie season. But again, like his rookie season was under that Buffalo team, which weren't great in all honesty. And then... Owen Power, I mean, he's he's going to be good, right? It just kind of depends on when. And um, I know he's ranked for the Calder votes for this year. So um, we'll see how that pans out. But, yeah, I mean, you have some scoring up front. Um, your defense looks pretty solid as well. Like, um, it's, it's going to be tough for them, I think, just being in that Atlantic division too, right? Just because of yeah. you have your Florida, your Toronto, your yeah. Tampa. Um, it's it's going to be a battle every night for them, but hopefully with going through those certain times that they have, that they can kind of rally around that and be able to fight through that and get some wins um, this season and surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people don't really think the Bus Buff Buffalo Sabers are that good of a team, right? So um, we'll see. And again, th with the net mining situation, yeah, Craig Anderson's getting old for sure. Um, I think it's just going to have to be a wait and see kind of thing. Maybe they move. Um, some depth pieces to maybe pick up another goaltender at some point closer to the deadline or something in that situation. But um, we'll see. I like the Sabres as well. They should be a good team this year. Yeah, no doubt. It was an offensive break. You know, it's a, you know what Buffalo is going to be? I think they will be a bet on team in spots because you're going to get good prices with them. But more than anything, you bet some overs. 
with this team. You're yeah. going to see over six, over even if it's six, six and a half, the totals in their in the Sabre games, they're going to be playing some shootouts this year because they're going to be able to flat out score. A lot of their defensemen, while we like the young defensemen, Power, Samuelson, Darlene, more offensive-minded uh, defensemen, still got to work on the other side of the puck a little bit. And, of course, the goaltending is a question mark. So could be a lot of 5-4 games with the uh, Buffalo Sabres this year. They'll be a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah, that'll be exciting in Buffalo this year, especially with that division too, right? With you got the Toronto, the high-powered offense. Like That could be a lot of over games there. So we'll see. Definitely could be. That's kind of like what we talked about earlier with Anaheim. We think Buffalo's better, but again, it's a product of a tough division you're in. That doesn't mean, though, you're, you're going to be able to make the playoffs. You could be better and still miss the playoffs if you're Buffalo. All right, Calgary Flames. They're better, and they will be in the playoffs. Uh, the uh, Calgary Flames, no question uh, about that. This was a unbelievable turnaround job done by Brad Tree Living, the general manager of the Calgary Flames. You, sir, um, We did the last time we were on the air as the Ice Guys, uh, the show before this one, was the free agency recap show, second week of July. And it was just after Johnny Gaudreau wanted out and ended up going to Columbus. And Matthew Kachuk requested a trade. And at that time, we're saying, oh, my God, the Calgary's going to fall apart going into next year. I mean, Gaudreau and Kachuk are gone. That's 215 points combined. Think about that. That's 215 points combined that you lose from Kachuk and from Gaudreau being gone. And we thought, they're fucked. You know, Calgary is just in big-time trouble now next year. And Brad Tree Living turns around and says, oh, no. I'm not letting anybody besmirch this, to use a Brit term, besmirch this city uh, here and this fan base. Uh, I'm going to find this way to fix this shit and get our team back on the tracks and have ourselves a legit playoff team and a legit contender again. And boy, was he true to his word. I mean, my goodness, he gets Jonathan Huberdo and Mackenzie Wegar uh, in that trade to Florida for Matthew Kachuk. A great return. Uh, Huberto's already signed long-term. I think it's just a matter of time before Wegar also decides to sign long-term with this team. That was the only concern, Mike, that you brought in Huberto and Wegar, and both of these guys were UFAs after this upcoming season, you know, and you were risking maybe not being able to re-sign them again. Well, you got Huberto now locked up long-term, and apparently Mac Wegar is very interested in signing long-term as well. So that's no longer a concern. And then the icing on the cake, Nazem Kadri, who took his sweet old time, to finally decide to sign, but he did, and he chose the uh, Calgary Flames. And now you look at what this roster is. They're ready for a playoff run again, in my opinion. Huberto is still, you know, you don't lose anything of the Gaudreau passing. Gaudreau's a great passer. So is Huberto. With, look at all the assists he had last year. You don't lose anything there. He'll play nicely. I think he'll fit in nicely with Elias Lindholm, who had a great season, 40 goals last year. Tyler Toffoli uh, as well. Mangiapane was re-signed in the offseason. Very important. He had an offensive breakout season. Kadri, Dubé, Blake Coleman, a great third line. Can score, can check. Two-way forward. Uh, depth as well. You've got you know Kevin Rooney, Brett Ritchie. Good, tenacious four-checking players on a fourth line. I mean, got lots of depth as well now up front. The defense, Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Wiegar, Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov. Uh, Oliver Shillington, who, in my opinion, had a, his best year as a pro uh, last year. It's a solid blue line. And in net, you've got the uh, Jacob Markstrom, Dan Vladar uh, tandem once again. So, you know, all of a sudden, Calgary goes from woe is them mid-July to, hey, they're ready to be a playoff team and maybe make some noise in the playoffs once again. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it looked kind of scary there for a bit for the, if you're a Flames fan. But, I mean, you said it, like, 
they they're very dangerous. I mean, even with the Huberto edition, the Cadre edition, like they're good players and they're going to drive their offense pretty much every night. Um, and I really like their back end as well. It's, it kind of reminds me a lot of like a Tampa Bay um, style defense where you don't have your, your flashy number one D man, but you have a guy like Noah Hannafin who's going to run that power play. And then you have the addition of Mackenzie Weger. Like those two guys are going to drive their offense from the back end. And then you have, um, that support system with Rasmus Anderson and Shillington, like you said, who had a great season. Um, it's, I think it's it, it's going to be a very good team in Calgary this year, um, and it's it's exciting to watch them for sure, um, especially the way they're coached as well with Daryl Sutter there. And I mean, he's won cups before, and he seems to get the most out of his players. So it'll be it'll be a fun season in Calgary, I think. It will be. Um, be careful. Like, there's going to be definitely an offensively capable team, but be careful about the overs because Daryl Sutter wants them to be responsible defensively. That's what you want. He wants the two-way forwards. You want to know why Trevor Lewis in particular uh, has been locked at the hip with Daryl Sutter since the L.A. Kings days? He had Trevor Lewis in L.A. years ago winning Stanley Cups with him. He's still with Daryl Sutter here. Daryl Sutter just loves that guy because he plays so good away from the puck. He wants players like that. You better be responsible when you don't have the puck on your stick defensively. Have that awareness. Uh, he's got that. So you're going to have a, and, and you're going to have that kind of mindset. So this is a team that I could see actually them playing some unders in terms of their games because I think they're very good defensively. We know Markstrom when he's on his game is a very good goalie. So uh, it's going to be a team that's going to be well rounded. You know, if they need to score and play, you know, a, win a four three five four game, they can. If they need to win a two to one three to two game, they can as well. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have that. Uh, those attributes as a team. All right, Carolina Hurricanes uh, next up. Uh, Carolina, uh, a team that uh, last year, uh, very good year once again, 54-28 and 28 in the regular season, plus 5.78 units of profit. So they were profitable. Number one in the NHL in fewest goals allowed, only given up 2.4 uh, goals per game. Excellent numbers there. Uh, we know under Rod Brindamore, they've been pretty good defensively this year. You know, very much kind of the same cast of characters for the most part. They didn't make a boatload of changes. The big one being bringing in the veteran defenseman, Brent Burns, uh, from the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, You know, Brent's not what he was five years ago, but still going to help this team, can still play at a pretty solid level. Uh, He joins a great blue line. Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Ethan Bear, uh, Dylan Coughlin. uh, And now they've got options, too. they got Jake Gardner, Jalen Chatfield, Calvin DeHaan. You know, they have definitely some options now. If someone gets hurt, you know, they have some depth to be able to fill those spots. Up front, it's still Tevo Teravainen, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Andrei Svechnikov. Seth Jarvis might actually displace Svechnikov on the top line, and I think it's, it should happen. I loved Seth Jarvis's game last year with the Carolina Hurricanes. I think he's earned that top-line spot. They bring in Paul Stastny, veteran center, not the offensive uh, dynamo he was years ago, but he's still a pretty good to, uh, two-way center. You like to ha- add a, a, with experience, with leadership. You like to add that to the team. Marty Natchez back again. Jesper Faust, Jordan Stahl, Andre Kasha. Andre Kasha played okay at times with the Leafs, but again, health is always the question with him. Uh, Martin Kotkaniemi uh, and Peterson rounding it out uh, for the uh, Hurricanes. And in net, that's where the question is. You've got uh, Frederick Anderson, can he stay healthy? We thought he was finally going to stay healthy for a full season last year. And then sure enough, he gets hurt late in the season and is out in the playoffs and anti-Ranta uh, had to take over. And then you've got the uh, future goalie waiting in the wings here, Pyotr Kochetkov, who ended up getting some 
playing time down the stretch. So goaltending, though, you've got options. That's the nice thing. You've got those two older Cripple Creeks, if you will, uh, Anderson and Ronta. Uh, but at the same time, you've got the young kid there who looks like he's going to be maybe a solid goalie based on the glimpses we saw last year in case those two older uh, goaltenders, Anderson and Ronta, get hurt again. Mike, uh, Carolina looks pretty good again this year. Uh, they've had that issue with getting over that last hurdle, getting over that last hump. They've lost in first rounds, second rounds, conference finals the last few years, uh, but they're going to be right there again. Yeah, I, I think they're primed to make a solid run this season. Um, I think with Anderson, yeah, with uh, the goalie going down in the playoffs there, I mean, that's a huge yeah. loss for them. And, um, like, I think that up front, they're a team who can score goals. They're a team who plays well defensively as well under Brindamore. Um, they're not looking to score eight goals a game and have eight, seven games, right? They're looking to win games the right way, um, grind teams down. And it seems that way throughout the Metropolitan. That, that That's kind of the style there with some gritty teams with Pittsburgh, Washington, Columbus, um, and that's, that's kind of the way Carolina is shaped up to be as well. So, um, again, 116 points last season, it's tough to get, um, and that's a great year for them. And I think if they have a favorable matchup in the playoffs, then it could be a team that could do some damage and we'll have to see. I mean, as long as guys are staying healthy there, they're going to be a good team. You know, they're well coached, so, um, they should be good again this year. Should be good, but I caution you from a betting standpoint. I mean, last year, 5.78 units, that's it for a team that won as many games as they did uh, last year. You know, it, it's, it may not be as easy to make profit with them because you're always going to get them, when they're playing mediocre to below average teams, they're going to be minus 200, especially when they're playing at home. So you're going to really have to be careful. Pick your spots with uh, Carolina. All right, Chicago Blackhawks uh, next up here. Look, Chicago obviously rebuilding. Uh, you're not splitting the atom, uh, figuring that one out. Uh, definitely it's a team that is uh, going to be looking toward the future uh, last year for the Chicago Blackhawks really fell apart for them. Cause remember last year, they're bringing in Tyler Johnson from Chicago, Mark Andre Fleury, Seth Jones. Everyone's getting excited that, Hey, maybe this could be a dark horse playoff team. And it just, they got off to that horrible start. Jeremy Colleton gets fired and they never re uh, recovered from that 28 and 54 uh, minus 22 units. It means if you bet $100 on Chicago every game last year, you were down $2,200. Uh, not good. You were in the poorhouse betting Chicago every uh, – only Philadelphia was worse for their backers last year uh, than Chicago uh, in the NHL. It's going to be tough to make money with them this year, but they could be one of those teams that, like Arizona, in certain underdog spots – when they have an opponent that's in a troublesome spot, they could sneak up on you. But, you know, it's a team that is going to be very uh, much uh, definitely worse off up front in terms of the depth. Uh, they have Taves and Kane. They were both probably going to be dealt at the deadline, especially Kane. Kane's probably only going to be here for the first half. There's links to him maybe going to Edmonton, to Buffalo, his hometown, and most of all, the New York Rangers, which I think is probably the most likely uh, destination for Kane in a trade deadline deal because it's a, bonafide cup contender and that's what he wants to play for a cup he loves playing with our Tammy Panarin the bread man he's been on record saying that uh so it looked like it would be a good fit with him with the uh, Rangers that's probably where we'll end up going uh you've got Mac oh but Max Domi's here and uh Andreas Athanasiu are here so it's not all bad uh with the uh 
Chicago Blackhawks. If you get the Max Domi in Game 7 against Boston, it's a great addition. If you get the Max Domi who muddled through a mundane regular season last year, then it's not a great addition. So what are you going to get from uh, Domi there? Uh, you've got Blackwell's a nice player, but he's just for some depth up front. Uh, defense, problematic in my opinion. Uh, they've got already some injuries in training camp as well. Jake McCabe on IR hurts. He's one of the best stay-at-home defensemen they have. Jack Johnson, you know, his plays declined the last year or so. Seth Jones didn't have the year we thought. Alex Vlasic, Connor Murphy's already banged up. I mean, they've got issues galore with injuries on defense entering the season. And then maybe the worst tandem in the NHL from a goalie standpoint. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Morozik, when he's on his game, can be very good, Peter Morozik. But inconsistency with the Leafs last year. Couldn't stay healthy again. That That's an issue. And then Alex Stalock. Um, good friend of mine who I do the show with, uh, my colleague here, Alex B. Smith, Mike, apparently knows someone from Minnesota that's friends with Alex Stalock. Says Alex Stalock's only in the fucking league right now so he can get enough games to collect his pension. That's it. That's why That's why he's still playing. And he's just trying to get enough games under his belt that he can get that pension from the league. So uh, how motivated he is, I don't know. I think he's just trying to get, like I say, get those games under his belt. And he's had a rough couple of years. So tough times for Chicago. This could be another over team because they could be able to score, at least with Patrick Kane. And uh, you're going to be able to have some offense, although it was shocking to see them say goodbye to Kirby Doc, say goodbye to Alex Dabrinkit, but also shows you that they're rebuilding. But that definitely going to be a tough season, it looks like, for the Blackhawks. Good luck, Luke Richardson. Good man, good player in his day. I think a good hire, but, boy, tough job ahead of him. Yeah, they've yeah they've got some turbulent times coming up, it looks like. Um, the bright side, again, is that you have Kane and Taves there still, um, where, like you said, when you can get a team that's maybe coming in hurt or maybe coming in off a few games that they can maybe string together a few goals and somehow pull out a win, then, it could be a team that has some profit to them, but um, again, like tough on the back end um, in that you don't know, right. With Mrazic, if he's going to be healthy or not. Um, and then it's just, it, it's tough when you give up the Brinket, you give up Kirby doc. It kind of looks as though, yeah, we're going to a rebuild here. And the only thing that's really holding on to it right now is the Kane and Taves are still there. So we'll see how long they end up staying there for. Um, if they're there for a while, then yeah, maybe they can pull together some wins. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be tough for them for sure. All right, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Columbus, of course, the big offseason splash getting Johnny Gaudreau uh, in free agency. Columbus last year, 37 and 45. Profitable team, 2.95 units of profit for Columbus in the regular season last year. They might actually be able to improve on that. Certainly this team offensively, it's going to be better by default with Johnny Gaudreau there. It's going to be phenomenal and potentially to see the chemistry with him and Patrick Lyonet. I'm sure they're going to play on the top line uh, for Columbus. Jack Roslovic had a huge, massive breakout season. He was like couldn't be stopped down the stretch. Couldn't believe it, what we were getting from Jack Roslovic down the stretch offensively. Jake Voracek had a very good season from a playmaking standpoint. The assist numbers were terrific again for Big Jake. Uh, Cole Sillinger uh, got better as the season progressed uh, as well. Uh, Igor Shinikov, uh, this is a guy that's definitely turning some heads here in preseason as well uh, for the uh, Jackets. So 
they've got definitely some offensive capabilities, this team. Defensively, not so much, in my opinion. I mean, Wierenski's a good offensive-minded defenseman. Adam Boquist has had some injury concerns. Gavrikov, Andrew Peak, Jake Bean, Eric Goodbranson. You know, I am concerned a little bit about the defensive uh, ability of that blue line. Nick Blankenberg, the Michigan prospect, might get some ice time as well. And we don't know if Elvis Merzlikens is a number one goalie yet. I mean, we need to see more. Uh, he had some good games, some bad games last year. He's the guy this year coming into the year. Corpusalo's injured, but he's not that great last year anyway. And Tarasov's just a young guy. Merzlikens still has to prove he's a number one goalie. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think they'll score goals. I think this is another team you bet some overs with this year. I think Columbus will be involved in some higher scoring games. But that offense will be fun. It's going to be how much goaltending and defense, how well do they play there. What do you think of Columbus? Yeah, again, I, I like their – their forward group, um, that huge signing with Johnny Gaudreau. I don't think anybody saw that coming, but um, that's huge for them, obviously. Um, and then from there, I mean, yeah, your secondary scoring, is it is it going to be up to standards? We'll see. Um, I know they signed uh, one of my former teammates at Sacred Heart, Justin Danforth, on a new contract. So um, hoping the best for him and a lot of ice time and um, if they can get him into a situation, you never know. Right. So, um, but again, their back end, um, the thin, we'll see, um, again, Warinsky is probably their stud there. And then, uh, in that we don't really know. So again, could be a team that's right in the middle of the pack. Um, I guess we'll see. Justin Danforth, 14 points in 45 games last year. And apparently they've got him right now, third line possibly, uh, to start the season on this team. So very much could be part of the uh, forward group for the uh, Jackets to begin the year for Brad Larson. All right, Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas Stars, of course, last year uh, barely got into the playoffs, but get it, they did indeed get in. Uh, 46 and 36, plus 4.14 units of profit for them last year. Uh, Dallas, of course, uh, coaching change. Peter DeBoer, now the head coach. Um, he's not my favorite coach, I'll be honest. I know he has had a lot of regular season success and he's gotten team. He got San Jose to a Stanley cup final, but I thought with Vegas, it just wasn't a good fit there. Some of the decisions that he made with goaltending and how to you know, organize his forward lines at times were a little weird, a little head scratching. We'll see what the fit is like here. As far as up front, Pavelski, Foxa, Kivaranta hit hints Gurianov and Mason Marchment was a nice addition. I mean, Mason Marchment had a breakout offensive season last year, signed with Dallas more than anything, because look, terrible uh, loss of his father this year, Brian uh, Marchment. It's just uh, sad to see that. Uh, it's just too young to, to lose your dad. Um, but a big reason why he signed with Dallas is because Peter DeBoer and Steve Spott were associated with the San Jose organization where Brian Marchment was working the last few years. So kind of a personal connection and it veered him towards signing with Dallas, but Dallas definitely happy to have him. Mason Marchman after a great season last year, Jason Robertson goes without saying they, you know what, Mike, I say this every year, they're going to go as Ben and Sagan take them. Ben and Sagan can be dominant players. They can be just absolutely take over a game. And then some games you can't find them with a telescope uh, on the ice. I mean, that is what you get from the two of them sometimes. And it's frustrating if you're a Stars fan. I know Stars fans have said that, uh, but that's the concern there. The defense loses Klingberg, of course, uh, but they get Niels Lundqvist in that deal with the Rangers because he wanted out of New York because he had been supplanted uh, on that team. So he's going to get a op big opportunity here with Dallas, and he's looked great here in the preseason with the Stars. So watch out for that guy, Niels Lundqvist, offensive-minded defenseman, Suter, 
best days behind him. Haskinen's pretty good still. Lindell, same thing, but Colin Miller, good defensively. But, you know, you got some depth concerns, blue line. And you got Jake Ottinger, though, who, man, they almost won that Calgary series because of Jake Ottinger. I think he's proven he's ready to be a number one goalie. So I think it could go either way with Dallas, but based on the climate of the West, it could be difficult for them to make the playoffs. What do you think of Dallas? Yeah, again, like you said, with Ben and Sagan, they're pretty much what drives them. Um, offensively for sure. And then, um, again, the secondary scoring, we'll see. We'll have to see with them. Um, again, in a tough, a very tough division. Like, call it like it is. I mean, you have your Colorado and your Minnesota and St. Louis that are going to be good again. So we'll see what happens with that. I really like Miro Heiskanen. Um, I think he's going to be their number one guy for sure for a long time. Um, and it's it's kind of like the three of them what can they figure out and kind of go from there but um with ottinger um he's a guy that you're right almost stole them that series against colorado or against calgary and um if he can pull that off again and you never know right um if you have good goaltending in the nhl and if you can kind of stay healthy throughout the regular season and into the playoffs then you have a chance but um Again, should be a middle-of-the-pack team. Um, I think they 98 points, something like that I'm seeing. So um, we'll see. We'll see with them. I, I think they'll be decent, but um, to go against those top teams in that division will be tough for sure. Yeah, it will be. They were an under-team last year. I think they'll be an under-team this year, too, in terms of their game totals. 44 unders, 34 overs last year for the uh, Dallas Stars. So I think they'll play probably some lower-scoring games as well this year, and that's the way DeBoer wants to play. Detroit Red Wings. Uh, thumbs up, Steve Eiserman. What an offseason for this uh, uh, Detroit team and the job he did. Now, you've got Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, Jacob Vrana, uh, guys like that back from last year. But you added David Perron, going to make you better offensively at five on five and especially on the power play. I mean, this guy's a power play uh, machine, David Perron. Andrew Kopp, great two way center. Get him from the Rangers. Jets and Rangers last year played well in the playoffs for the Rangers. Back, he's a Michigan kid as well. So he's happy to be back close to home. Uh, that's a great addition, although it looks like he's got an injury to start the year. But he'll be a great addition. Kubalik, you get him from Chicago as well. Phillips Adina, let's see if he can progress offensively. Suddenly, that's a good upfront team uh, offensively, uh, Detroit. Ben Sherratt, Hamilton boy, uh, brought in by the uh, Detroit Red Wings, of course. Uh, nice addition. Mo Sider, a beast already. And he's just scratching the surface of how, his talent and how good he can be. Ole Mata, veteran defenseman, brought in. Uh, you know, that blue line got, does have some depth concerns at the three, five, six spot, yeah, but the first four pretty good. And you've got Billy Huso and Alex Nedeljkovic, you know, bring in Billy Huso from St. Louis. Now I said this earlier, Mike, about Billy Huso, much like a, with Nedeljkovic last year, he goes from a great Carolina blue line to a little bit of a weaker Detroit blue line. And he doesn't play as well. Nedeljkovic last year, is this going to be the same thing with Huso goes from that St. Louis blue line to a little bit of a weaker Detroit blue line. Does his play suffer a little bit because of that? That's the question. But I still think Detroit's a bet-on team. Uh, I think you're going to have some really nice, big plus-price uh, wins backing this team in underdog spots. And I think they're also an over-team a little bit because I think they're going to be able to score. And there's still that question about how well they can keep the puck out of their net. I can't shake that 8-7 game, I think it was. They played with Toronto last year at one game. It was crazy. Uh, that defense is still the concern. What do you think, Mike, for Detroit? Yeah, I, I think – you're bang on with that, with the defensive situation they have there. I think um, they'll go if Mort Sider goes, and that's kind of what they're building around. Obviously, they have a stud there, 
and he'll be good for a long time. So if they can kind of build their back end around him and start putting together some wins that way, then who knows? But um, yeah, they, uh, they were a bit of a surprising team last year, surprisingly well-rounded team. Um, I don't think many people thought that they were going to be as good as they ended up being. Um, but again, who knows with the goalie situation there with Huso and um, with their D not being that great, I guess we'll see. But um, again, could be a team that's right in the middle of the pack in that Atlantic uh, division. And we'll see from there. I mean, you're still going against your Montreal's, your Ottawa's, um, but then you have your Florida, Toronto, Tampa right there too, as well. So we'll see with them. Um, I think they'll be good down the road here. And that's kind of seems what they've always been like is they take their time with their prospects, put them down in the American league and um, develop them the way they want to play. And they end up with a lot of championships from it. So um, we'll see with the Red Wings this year. Yeah, definitely one of my, uh, in terms of top bet on teams and maybe one of your more improved teams in the NHL this year, Detroit's right up there uh, for me, in my opinion. Uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, next up here. Edmonton, I'm telling you what, Mike, they did another good offseason. Evander Kane, we didn't think they'd be able to keep him. They did. Uh, Credit to uh, Ken Holland for getting that done. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, of course, we know what they deliver. Zach Hyman was great in his first year with Edmonton, fit in nicely. Evander Kane's back. The Nuge even stepped up a little bit in the playoffs. Kyler Yamamoto showed you something. I mean, that's a loaded top six. There's no question. No reason they can't score goals. You got uh, a very talented Yessa Pugliarvi now on a third line. Tells you how much uh, depth they've got now all of a sudden, getting bringing back Kane and some of the uh, signings they made. Look, the blue line I didn't think was very good, but they outperformed my expectations in the playoffs. They got everything they could out of Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece, another Hamilton boy, Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece, Brett Kulak, Evan Bouchard, uh, you know, Tyson Berry had a pretty good playoff in year. And now you're going to integrate probably Philip Broberg, one of their better defensive prospects into the team this year. I feel bad for Oscar Clefbaum, though. It looks like his career's over. I mean, it's just terrible. Uh, this guy was uh, one of the better blue liners for Edmonton, both ends of the ice, and now just injuries derailing his career. You never like to see that. Goaltending, of course, is upgraded. I will take, in a heartbeat, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. I'll take those two guys over Mike Smith and uh, 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 the other goalie, Koskinen, Miko Koskinen from last year for Edmonton. Look, Campbell hasn't won anything yet. But he had a good year with Toronto. He, I still think it's a better option. It's a better number one goalie to have. He's shown you enough that Jack Campbell can be a capable number one goalie in this league. I like the upgrade in goal in between the pipes. It was vital for Ken Holland to move on that, and he did. Uh, Edmonton's going to be there. You know, this team that got to the second round last year uh, and uh, conference finals, I should say, last year, uh, and a team that's going to be right there again this year, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you there. I mean – driving the offense obviously with McDavid and Dreisaitl they're they're going to be a team that scores they always have been since both of them have been there and then with adding Hyman who showed that he can play with that system as well I mean yeah he proved it with Matthews and Marner and all them in Toronto but um, he fit in nicely with the Oilers as well so um, and then Pugliarvi I mean looking for kind of a bounce back year from him and same with Kane I mean he's got some stuff to prove, I think. And I I think he's going to be a big one for them. If they can get him going and um, be the player that I think he knows he can be and that a lot of people think he can be, then they could have a stud there. And that's like, with that amount of offense they have, that's, that's a dangerous team for sure. 
Um, and then I think it was always a question mark on their blue line was whether they can keep up and keep the pucks out of the net. And with Darnell Nurse, Bouchard, all these guys coming in that um, have some experience now. They've played in playoff games. They've had the grit of the regular season. And then with bringing Jack Campbell in as well, I mean, he did a great job for Toronto. I don't think you can ask much more for him. Um, so they're going to be a good team. And I think they're right there. They're knocking on the door right for a championship as well. So um, I think they're going to be really good this year. Florida Panthers, uh, obviously President's Trophy winners uh, last year, and the President's Trophy curse shows up again. Uh, President's Trophy winner hasn't won the cup in, in eons, it feels like, and it happened again last year for Florida, 58 and uh, 24. Plus 5.6 units of profit, though. They were a profitable team last year. When you look at Florida this year, obviously Matthew Kachuk brought in. They lose Huberto, but again, Kachuk brought in to play. He'll play with Barkov and Verhage probably. You've still got Reinhardt, Bennett. Um, if you got, to, but you've got some good offensive weapons there. I don't know if you have nearly the depth you had last year, though, offensively, you know, because you lose Mason Marchment, who all of a sudden had a big season for them offensively last year. And that third and the fourth line for Florida Cousins, Lindell, Colin White, Lomberg, Lusterinen, Patrick Hornquist. I don't know if they've got that extreme offensive depth like they had last year believe it or not after everything that transpired the blue line with uh Gus, Gus Forsling Eric Ekblad uh Lucas Carlson Radko Gudis Brandon Montour Mark Stahl uh you know solid uh, the, uh certainly when Ekblad's there uh that makes that blue line go but you lose Wegar too in that deal to Calgary he was had a great season for them so you got to fill those minutes uh, as well I'm seeing things in training camp, Mike, that Sergei Bobrovsky looks terrible. All right. Looks absolutely awful here in training camp and in the preseason that he's, he got lit up for, I think five goals the other night and they just re-signed Spencer Knight long-term. I think Spencer Knight's knocking on the door of taking over as the number one guy. It might happen immediately. And they, I think the leash is going to be very short on goalie Bob uh, early in the season. If he struggles like he's struggling right now in the preseason, they'll turn to Spencer Knight as their goalie. How's the coaching fit going to work? Paul Maurice takes over. Poor Andrew Burnett. I think he fell on his sword or he got thrown under the bus for the power play sucking in the playoffs because everybody was talking about playoffs. Uh, the power play stunk uh, for how good it was in the regular season. It was terrible in the playoffs. They accused him of not making adjustments on the power play, and sure enough, he's out uh, as head coach. They bring in Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is more of a cycle, forecheck type of coach, though, offensively. He's not so much the transition game, the speed game, which is what Florida's been playing. The rush chance game, if you will, you know. So how is that going to fit? Maybe it's a good thing, though, because Florida might need a little more mind paid to the defensive end of the ice uh, after what we saw last year. So maybe they need a Paul Maurice to try to clean up their defensive uh, deficiencies. What do you think, Mike? Very interesting team because I think it could go either way with Florida. Yeah, I agree. Could go either way with them. Um, I think they've been a great team the past few years, and they've kind of ran into another great team in the playoffs and that's kind of been their kryptonite so far um i think if they don't have i don't i can't remember if it was last season or the year before where they had tampa in the first round it's like you can't catch a break with that right with how good that tampa's been um but i think they're a good team i think they're going to be uh right up there again in the atlantic um i i like their decor um if we can keep ekblad healthy for the majority of the year. Um, obviously you lose Uyghur, but a guy who I think kind of slots perfectly into that spot is Brandon Montour. Um, a guy who's shown well so far in preseason as well. 
Um, so I think with that, um, and then with Spencer Knight coming up and signing along, uh, I think it was a three-year deal or something like that. So um, he's kind of their future there. So um, if they can put the goals up that they have, obviously losing Huberto, yes, you lose some goals, but you're also adding some. So it's going to be tough to see. I think coaching will be big there um, with Maurice coming in and, Maybe they can play a system that works better in their favor against these top teams in that division. So um, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be challenging again for another Stanley Cup. Um, it's just, again, who can they draw the first round? Who who stays healthy? Who's hurt? That kind of thing. And when can they get rolling? But, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be a good team. Yeah, I think they will, but I think they're going to be a – they might be a money-losing team this year, though. I think they actually – you're going to be able to find some spots to uh, bet against them in times because of how pr well-priced they are. The good news is that Maurice is going to try to get them to be more of a cycle-the-puck team in the offensive zone and forecheck, and at least they brought in a guy like Matthew Kachuk who fits that kind of uh, system very well. So that is a good fit that Kachuk will play that system very well. L.A. Kings now. Uh, next up, L.A. Kings, uh, what a season last year. Making the playoffs, gave Edmonton everything they could handle in the first round. Very impressed with L.A., 44-38, and 8.19 units of profit, number three in the NHL in profitability last year. Uh, you made a lot of good money with the Kings last year if you bet them in every game. And look, they've got a great young core. Adrian Kempe, uh, they bring in Kevin Fiala. He's streaky as fuck, that guy, uh, offensively. He can score in eight straight games and then not score. Uh, in eight straight games, uh, but he's here from Minnesota. Uh, Trevor Moore, Philip Deneau at a bounce-back offensive year. We know he's great defensively. Victor Arvidsson, Alex Iafalo, Quinton Byfield, you know, still got lots of, uh, you know, improvements still to come. I think there's going to – he could have a breakout year. Arthur Kaliev showed you something down the stretch. Carl Grundstrom as well. Uh, the defense looks very solid if they stay healthy. Mikey Anderson, a lot of minutes last year down the stretch, played well. Tobias Bjornfoot, Matt Roy. Uh, Drew Doughty, uh, Matt Waugh, I should say, Drew Doughty, Alexander Edler, Sean Dursey. What a year for him last year on that blue line. And look, John Quick had one of his better years in, in quite some time last year. Definitely, after years of inconsistency, play declining, injuries, and he had his best year since probably when, when they won the Cup. And Cal Peterson, a young goalie that uh, showed you some capabilities last year. I like the Kings team. I think they're a playoff team again. Will they make as much money for their backers as last year remains to be seen? But no, lots of a bright future ahead for the LA Kings here. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be another playoff team as well. Um, we'll again, we'll see with the backers for what they can come up with, just because they are young, right? With yeah. um, Byfield coming in, he's still a young player. I don't, I don't know if he had a full season last year. I think he might have been up and down a few times. But um, again, he's an up and coming guy for them. And same with Kaliev. Um, you add in Brant Clark, if he makes that roster this year, I mean, that's another addition for them. Um, and the back end, just of another young guy. Um, and then you have like your Drew Doughty's, your Kopitar's, um, those sort of guys who've been there, who can, who know how to play, who know how to win night in, night out. And I think if, um, their goaltending situation, I mean, if they're, if they're decent again, I think they're a good team for sure. So yeah, I'm going to be brief with this next team here, Minnesota Wild. Not a whole lot of roster turnover for the most part. 
uh, compared from last year to this year. I mean, Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello. Matt Boldy's going to get a lot more playing time this year, and I think he's ready for it. Same with Marco Rossi. I mean, you've got a lot of the same faces as you had last year. It only brought in a couple here, and most of them are depth forwards. The blue line, Brodine, Dumba, Middleton, Spurgeon, Goligoski. Uh, and, uh, you know, John, uh, John Merrill Addison as well, rounding it out. And, of course, you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, still the number one goalie in that. Of course, Cam Talbot said, hey, you know, I wanted to be the number one guy. don't really feel great about platooning with Fleury again. So Bill Guerin sent him out to Ottawa. And so they bring back Philip Gustafson now to back up Fleury. But, you know, Minnesota looks like last year, I think, playoff team. But, again, I've got worries, Mike, about this team. I think they'll be a playoff team, obviously, but – how far do they go? They've had issues in the postseason, and it's it's tough when you see all the other teams they'll be competing with. Yeah, that's kind of been their theme recently is just their playoff performance. And again, it's probably not um, a factor of themselves, but again, just their competition with the Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville, all those teams that are right there that give them a tough time in the playoffs. Um, I think if Fleury's throwback Marc-Andre Fleury that they can be very good um but again I with the not a lot of roster turnover sometimes it's a good thing sometimes a boring summer isn't all that bad for them just so that they have those pieces in place and they know what to expect and um hopefully they can come out of the gates swinging um again playoff team probably um and I, I think they'll they'll do well all right the Montreal variances as I would like to say, are coming up. Montreal Canadiens. I say Montreal variances, Mike, because this team could really be bad again. This team actually could really be much better. I mean, I think there's a wide range of possibilities for the Montreal Canadiens this year. Um, but you look at it, obviously, last year, it was a horrible, dismal season. No question about that. They were a third most uh, third least profitable team in the NHL last year, 22 and 60 minus 21 units uh, of profit last year, Montreal this year, you know, Cole Caulfield's got to be that dash, that bona fide 40 plus goal scorer type of guy this year. He's very capable of that. The Suzuki. Now the captain, uh, Mike Hoffman, Jonathan drew. I mean, this guy's frustrated me now. I I've been sympathetic. I've laid off the heat that I've, you know, I've criticized this guy so much, but he has had some mental health struggles that he's been dealing with. I want to be sympathetic. And, uh, and acknowledge that and be um, aware of that. Uh, but hopefully he has a good year. Monaghan, I ripped this guy to shreds in Calgary. Terrible. Uh, underachieving. I think the guy is so much capable of more. Let's see if maybe a change of scenery, a fresh start gets him going. Josh Anderson from just down the road, Burlington, Ontario. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov brought in. Uh, they've got Dvorak, Gallagher still. Uri Slavkovsky, will the number one overall pick make the team on opening night? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I like Mike Matheson. Great job getting him from Pittsburgh in that deal. A nice addition to the blue line, David Savard, Edmondson, Justin Barron, but a lot of depth concerns. I mean, you might be starting the year with Chris Weidman, Madison uh, Bowie, and Jordan Harris on your blue line. So that's not exactly a great depth uh, that you like to see on your blue line. And again, the goaltending, Jake Allen's okay. Some good, some bad. Same with Montembeau. So I think this team could be really rough again. You know, one of the worst teams in the East. And, and I think the ceiling for them is middle of the pack in the East. And if things really break right, hell, could they challenge for the playoffs? Perhaps. I think that's being a little too adventurous. But uh, Montreal could go in a bunch of different ways for me. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think they have some pieces there that they can potentially be a good team. Um, and with the addition of bringing St. Louis in, I mean, who knows, right? It seemed like they responded well when they brought him in midway through last year. And then you have your Caulfield, your Suzuki. 
Um, so your scoring power is there. Um, and and I, I didn't even back. mention Kirby Doc from Chicago. Yep. Exactly. It's another fit. And again, another right handed forward up there that can score goals for them. So we'll see with that. Um, and I, I do like um, their, their toughness as well. I think they're going to be a, a solid team from that standpoint with Josh Anderson up there. Um, and then on their back end, like you said, I really like that Matheson pickup. And, but then again, like you have some young guys there with Jordan Harris and Chris, Chris Weidman and that sort of thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that they could be a, a decent team this year as well. Um, but then again, who knows with them just because of their division and, and whatnot and just staying healthy, hopefully. Hopefully they're a young enough team where they can kind of um, get through the season without hopefully some big in, big injuries to older guys that seem to happen in the end of their careers and that sort of thing. So um, we'll see with them, though. They, it'll be exciting down the road for sure. Nashville Predators, uh, not really, uh, pretty much the same forward group except for Niederreiter being brought in. He was the big addition in the offseason from uh, Carolina, but you got Forsberg, Granlin, Duchesne, uh, Ryan Johansson back, Yakov Trenin, Sissons, Tanner Janot, who showed you a little bit last year, Ellie Tolvanen, very much the same group other than adding Niederreiter. Uh, defense, you know, Yossi, Alexander Carrier, Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Borvietsky, Lozon. Uh, the big addition being Ryan McDonough, of course, from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup winning experience. Yushi Saros back in net. But again, great goalie when he's healthy at times, but can he be healthy for a full season? And then you've got Kevin Lankinen brought in as the backup from Chicago and Connor Ingram. They'll battle for the backup spot. Nashville is going to be right on the fringe of the playoffs, just like last year. They could make it. Flip a coin. They might get in. They might not. I'm not a big John Hines fan. I don't think this is the greatest coach in the world. He's not Scotty Bowman. He's not. Uh, he's you know he's not anywhere close to some of the great NHL head coaches. I think he's made a lot of blunders at times, but they overcame it, made the playoffs last year. They could get in this year, but I'm kind of lukewarm on Nashville. And honestly, I'd probably look to fade them before I bet on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a team where it's you're fading against them. But uh, again, like we'll see. I, you have Roman Yossi back there, Matthias Ekholm. Dante Fabro, who are all going to be great players for them. I mean, Yossi, kind of one of the best defensemen in the league. If you don't have like a Kel McCarr in your league, he's probably winning the Norris. So um, we'll see with that. Um, they were one of those teams a few years back where they were challenging for a cup and they were one of the better teams in the league. And it kind of fell apart on them for a little bit there, it seemed like. Um, but it didn't really go into a rebuild is what the sense was around them. And they just kind of kept restocking and and going year by year and getting a little bit better. I don't really think they're there, quite there yet. I think they still have some missing pieces, but um, they're a decent team um, and they they should do okay in their division in the Central. Um, but playoff team, not sure. We'll see. Uh, New Jersey Devils. I can't see this being a playoff team just because I don't know where, how good this defense is going to be. I like up front what you can get with New Jersey to with Heeshear. Uh, Brat, uh, Jack Hughes, Dawson Mercer, Palat now comes in from Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Andreas uh, Janssen, Jesper Boquist, Fabian Zetterlund, keep an eye on him. Uh, Igor Sharon, go. I mean, like another team that's going to be able to score goals, but can they keep the puck out of their own net? Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton, Graves, Se uh, Severson, uh, Brendan Smith, John Marino looking like your blue line this year for the uh, Devils. And again, I don't know what I'm going to get from these goalies. I don't. Mackenzie Blackwood is hit or miss for me. Vitek Banachek last year, they bring him in from Washington, hit or miss, inconsistent. And then Bernier, your third option. 
feels like another team that's going to score a lot and give up a lot, kind of like last year. And that's frustrating, I'm sure, if you're the Devils, because you know you've got this offensive talent, but your defense keeps letting you down. You know, if they showed you some defense and goaltending, it's a team that's capable of contending for the playoffs. I just don't know if they're capable. Yeah, I, I think you're right there, too. I mean, they're a team that's like a lot of other teams in the NHL where they're very skilled up front and they can score a lot of goals. Jack Hughes, Heesher, all those guys who are um, simply just goal scorers for them. And it's going to be a like a track race almost for a lot of those nights with a lot of the teams. And um, if you can't defend well, then they might be in trouble some nights, but then other nights they might be able to score their way out of it. So like kind of like you, what you saw with Edmonton for a few years there where McDavid could score three or four goals a night and they would win somehow four or three or something like that. But um, yeah, it, inconsistent New Jersey, um, not a great back end. And then their goaltending situation isn't great. So um, I, I don't think they're a playoff team either, but um, if they can add some pieces, then you never know, right? There could be right there. All right, New York Islanders. Uh, Lou Lamorello with this team is like Duncan Keith last year uh, in the NHL, like Ben Roethlisberger uh, last year in the NFL. Y- you've lost it. You know, you've lost your, your you've lost your skills. You know, you're just not the player you once were. In this case, you're just not the GM you once were. I mean, this offseason is an absolute disgrace for the New York Islanders, what they allowed to happen. I mean, they didn't address anything for their offense. I mean, I love hearing old sweet Lou, old Lou here in the offseason talking about how, oh, you know what? I don't really, we didn't really have many uh, offensive defensemen last year, and that really hurt us. Well, you had Devon Taves, and you let him walk. You let him go to Colorado. You had one right there. And and look at what he did in Colorado this year uh, for that team. So, you know, he's just, he's done a bad job. I, I hate to say it. He's a legendary GM. He did incredible things with the New Jersey Devils all those years with Marty Brodeur and those great Devils teams. And even early in Toronto, there was some success when he was there, but he's just done a bad job right here. I mean, you can't just sweep it under the rug. Oh, it's Lou Lamorello. You can't criticize the guy. No, he's not done a good job with this group right now. And, and you look at last year, I know they had a lot of things against them, right? They had COVID middle of the year, a COVID outbreak. They started the year on the road while they waited for their new arena to get built. Uh, And it was a month they started the season on the road. But, you know, they didn't address the offense. I mean, Beauvillier, Nelson, Palmieri, Lee, Barzell, Bailey. Bailey's offense dropped off. Palmieri's now getting a little bit older. Nelson was up and down. Beauvillier was hurt last year. Same with Lee. Uh, you know, J.J. Pajot's offense went backward. Parise's not what he once was. Wallstrom is still developing. I mean, where are you going to get consistent offense? That's going to be the question again for the New York Islanders. The blue line's not nearly as good. You know, I like Dobson. Dobson's going to be really good. Pollock and Pellick have to stay healthy because they're good. But again, they were out for a lot last year. I don't like the depth on the blue line. Uh, Romanov should be a decent addition physicality-wise on that blue line, though, from the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And then in net, Sorokin and Varlamov, yeah, they're okay, but they're not great. I worry about this team's ability to score, and you've got to be able to. And I think the loss of Barry Trotz is huge. Lane Lambert's capable. He's a Barry Trotz disciple. He's been an assistant under Trotz for years. He takes over as the head coach. But I think you lose Barry and his impact on this team. I think the reason the team was kept afloat these couple of years is Barry. And he's gone now. Um this is a bet against team for me, especially when you see everybody around them getting better, uh, other teams. So I think it's going to be tough times again for the Islanders. I don't, it's just they haven't upgraded the offense enough, in my opinion. You got to be able to score goals these days. Yeah, I think consistency is going to be the huge thing for them. Um, I think just today they locked up Barzell with an eight year deal, which is huge. But 
Um, do they have the supporting pieces around him? I'm not sure. Um, he's going to be their stud for a long time. So if they can kind of bring pieces that'll help him score and um, help the team kind of drive that offense, then maybe they can be good down the road. But um, like you said, this year, they'll be a decent team. I don't think they'll be great. Um, whether they make playoffs or not, it's going to be tough for them. Um, and it'll be a few years in the making where you have Noah Dobson, who should be a really good player for them. Um, and if they can kind of build around that, add a couple more pieces in the back end, then who knows what we're looking at in a few years here. But um, you don't have that same offensive power as, say, the Oilers or Toronto, somebody like that who can kind of get away with a bit of a track meet some nights. And if the Islanders seem think that they can play like that, they might be in trouble just with not having – that secondary offense or those that supporting cast for Barzell. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right with that one. Yeah. And again, uh, swung and miss, swing and a miss on Goudreau, swing and a miss on Kadri uh, in free agency this year. The Islanders apparently were in on both of those guys and didn't get either. And uh, like I say, not a great off season. That's what they'll have to try to overcome. New York Rangers. Uh, I like this team last year a lot and I, I ended up cashing, uh, a bunch of futures with them almost cashed the uh, uh, the uh, Eastern Conference future on them so close, uh, but they ended up losing, of course, to Tampa Bay uh, in the Eastern Conference final. No, Kreider's uh, a Banajad, you know, Panarin. Uh, they bring in Vincent Trocheck to fill the void of losing Cop. Great fit, I think. Lafreniere and uh, Philip Hedel, who just got caught fire in the playoffs. Watch out for Philip Hedel. Uh, this year, we'll be looking at player props with that guy quite a bit. Capo Caco hopefully can take another step forward. Like the forward group, the blue line, Adam Fox, already an amazing defenseman. Ryan Lindgren, love the physicality, defensive-minded awareness, throw the body around. Keandre Miller's getting better. Truba, the captain, a nice choice. He's just a heart and soul player. Braden Schneider is the reason they traded Nils Lundqvist because Braden Schneider played well for them in the playoffs. I like the blue line. The depth is a concern a little bit, Like, but if they keep the top six healthy, a good blue line and Shesterkin, obviously elite goalie. Rangers probably win this division again, uh, no question. Uh, I think that's a good bet. Uh, I like this team quite a bit. I mean, the point total is high, uh, but definitely good things again for the New York Rangers and a slam dunk higher in Gerard Gallant. Love the hire when it happened. This guy is a great coach and he already showed that. He's got the Rangers ahead of schedule. Year one with Gallant, look what they did. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think depth is huge for them, right? They they have their Lafreniere, they have their Panarin, those kind of guys who can really drive them up front and they'll be able to score every night. So um, I like them offensively um, and defensively as well. You have, Like you said, you have your Truba, you have your Keandre Miller, um, Adam Fox. Like It's a well-rounded team from the net out with Shesterkin as well. So um, a very good team. And again, who knows once playoffs hits, if they can stay healthy, then – that could be a, a cup contender as well. So we'll see with them. No doubt. All right. We'll try to wrap this up in a 15 minutes. So we'll go a little more rapid fire here. Ottawa Senators uh, next up here. Um, look, this is another team. I mean, they fit that mantra of teams that they're unbelievably good offensively, potentially this Ottawa team. I mean, Kachuk, Norris, Batherson, Claude Giroux brought in, of course, Tim Stutzla, Alex DeBrinkett from Chicago. Shane Pinto is going to be on a third line, and he's got great offensive instincts and abilities. Um, you know, this team is going to be able to flat-out score goals. There's nothing else to say. I mean, they're absolutely terrific up front in their ability offensively. I don't love the blue line still, though. I mean, I love Shabbat. Artem Zub got better. 
Hamannick, though, is just someone that can't stay on the ice and stay healthy. Sanderson, Branstrom, isn't, you know, he's supposed to be a big-time defenseman, and he's just taken forever to get to the big club, so I've got questions about him. And then in net, Forsberg, Talbot. I worry about Talbot. Talbot was good in Minnesota last year, but he doesn't have Minnesota's blue line here in Ottawa. All right? I worry about that. I want him to succeed. He's just down the road from here, from us, from from me here, a Caledonia guy. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I worry about that a little for Cam. He doesn't have that great wild blue line this year. you got a very shaky blue line now with Ottawa this year. Another team that's going to play some overs, I think, at some high-scoring games. I think they are better, and I think they could make the playoffs. They'll go as far as the defense and Talbot take them. Yeah, I think you're right with the overs with Ottawa. I mean, they're going to score goals, and it could be ugly for for them some nights with their back end. So, I mean, taking overs with them probably is a safe play. Um you have your Brady Kachuk, your Josh Norris, um, all those kinds of guys who are who are going to be really good players for them for a long time. So um, they'll, they'll be offensively capable, yes. Uh, defensively, I don't know. That's again, that's kind of the theme for a lot of these teams this year. Is like how can they stay healthy? One and is their blue line going to be good enough? Are they going to be solid? Do they have the depth for it? And then their netminders, who knows? So um, overs for sure in Ottawa. Up, oh, sorry. There we go. Fifteen to one on the Philadelphia Flyers. I have our next team to have the worst regular season record uh, in the NHL, and that's you know. And look, Chicago, Arizona, teams like that are the favorites to have the worst regular season record. If you look at FanDuel, DraftKings, a lot of those sports books. But I took a shot at fifteen to one plus fifteen hundred for Philadelphia to have the worst regular season record. I mean, John Tortorella is already calling out the, the 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 dressing rooms and the leadership, you know, in an interview last month. That's not good. I'm worried about our our dressing room. I mean, that's just a bad sign right away. Uh, you've got uh, a forward group that's riddled with injuries already in camp. Atkinson, Farabee, uh, Sean Couturier is on IR now uh, to begin the year, and that team just needs him badly because this center ice position is just – I like Kevin Hayes, but is he ready to be a number one center? That's what's going to have to happen if Sean Couturier is out, which it looks like he's going to be. This blue line, Provorov, huge step back last year for him. D'Angelo, bit of a you know wrist take, good offensively. You know he's got to keep working on that defensive game. Wrist aligning is just a terrible signing by Cliff uh, Chuck Fletcher. Terrible. Uh, he doesn't he's he doesn't have his old man's uh, GM abilities. That's for sure. Uh, Chuck Fletcher, uh, not like his old man Cliff. Uh, to swing these big deals, struck out on a bunch of free agents, overpaid Ristolainen, who takes more penalties than he's on the ice, spends more time in the box than he's on the ice. Uh, Cam York, Justin Braun, you know, Justin Braun's better days, I think probably behind him when he was with San Jose. Carter Hart, good at times, not so good at times. He's got to be better. He's really going to have to be good if this team's going to do anything. I think it's going to be a rough, rough first year for Torts. Torts is going to be asking himself, I think, well, why, did I, why did I come here? But I think it could be tough for Philly. Yeah, that, that could be tough for them. I mean, with the style that we kind of see as, as fans um, of the league, I mean, the way Tortorella kind of coaches, it, it could be very good for them. It could be brutal. Like, they could have a team that kind of says, screw this. Like, I'm not playing for this guy. Like, what are we doing here kind of thing. And the fact that they had so many injuries at the start of the season, that's it's not what you want there. So, um could be a tough year in Philly, for sure. 
All right, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, what the hell are we doing here in Pittsburgh? We're giving guys in their mid-30s a six-year contract like Chris Letang. What the hell are we doing? I mean, I know we want these guys to stay lifelong Penguins, and there's a bond with them and the fans, Letang and Crosby and Malkin and all these guys that have been together, and even Malkin. I mean, Malkin I could live with because he can still be a pretty damn good player when he's healthy, but again, he hasn't been healthy for a full season. Letang's never healthy for a full season. Crosby's even had issues playing play, playing 82 games lately. And that's going to be the issue for Pittsburgh. I mean, when everybody's got uh, available to them, they're still pretty damn good. And you got Raquel now from Anaheim last year and Rust and uh, Jason Zucker and Gensel, of course. Uh, Carter can still play a little bit. Uh, They need more out of Kapanen because Barry Kapanen should be better than he's been. Uh, more impactful than he's been. He's got to step it up for the uh, Penguins this year. Blue line, when they're healthy, they're solid. Dumoulin, Latang, Pedersen. Um, Petrie, I don't love the addition to him because he had such a tough year, but maybe he just needed to get out of Montreal. Really bad team last year. Maybe in Pittsburgh he'll thrive. Uh, Ty Smith, Jan Ruda rounding it up. Tristan Jari, um, pretty solid year for him last year. But again, at playoff time, if they get there, and I think that's a big if. I don't think it's a guarantee Pittsburgh's a playoff team, given everything around them in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, average age, oldest average age team or one of in the NHL. And injuries are an issue with this team every year. I mean, that's why it's hard to prognosticate Pittsburgh. When they're healthy, they can be pretty good. But if they suffer injuries, sayonara for them. Yeah, I, I think that's that's it for them, right? Like, they sign these guys who have been there for a long time who have won them cups, Crosby, Malcolm, Latang. It's kind of like a show me year. Like if if you still got it, then we got to see it from you, kind of thing. So um, if they can come up and be the guys they were three, four, five years ago, then hey, you never know. But um, again, it's injuries. Like Crosby hasn't been healthy over his career. You never know with him with his concussion stuff. If he takes a bad hit at some time this year, and that who knows, right? So um, again, it's. It could be a difficult situation for them if they run into injury trouble, but if they can stay healthy, then um, they might be a team that can win some games and sneak into a playoff spot. All right, Seattle Kraken, of course, tough first year. They actually, unlike Vegas, they played like an expansion team uh, in their first year last year, but I think they'll be better. I mean, you can look at the possibility of, you know, Matty Beneers and Shane Wright as your top two centers. You know, that's that's a good starting place. I mean, you want to be strong down the middle. They could, and Yanni Gord, as well in the center ice role for the uh, Kraken. Uh, they bring in Burakovsky for some offense and Bjorkstrand from Columbus. That's going to help them offensively uh, with uh, and give some support to the likes of Eberle and Schwartz uh, and guys like that offensively. Uh, they're going to hope Jonas Donskoy plays better than he did last year. Bounce back for him. We'll see if Donato's capable. Uh, but defense, Dunn, Larson, Oleksiak, Schultz, Susie, Will Borgen, uh, the defense for the uh, Kraken. And look, Philip Grubauer, uh, didn't play well last year. Bad year by his standards, and he's going to have to bounce back, play like he did against Colorado. But Seattle will be better. I'm going to be looking for spots to bet on Seattle, uh, and I think you're going to buy low on this team after the dreadful year they had last year. Yeah, you might get some good odds with Seattle too, right? Just yep. with that being a, an expansion team and kind of doing that sort of expansion thing that we expect from most teams, right? Not the exact opposite of Vegas, but um, you think like – they're young. Um, they're hungry. Kind of reminds me of an Ottawa team from a few years back where you had a Brady Kachuk who's just coming into the league. And um, t- at times they would go into Toronto and beat the high-powered Leafs two, three years ago. Um, so, I mean, Seattle could be a good pick for some nights with uh, some of the high-powered teams where they might take them a little lightly. 
just with the experience that they have. And um, I think they're building through their draft, it seems like, which is good. Um, so I think they'll be good in the future. Who knows when, what their timeline is for that. But again, um, a young team who could win some games and surprise some people. So we'll see. Uh, I actually skipped San Jose. We'll do them next. San Jose, I said Philly could be the worst team in the NHL overall. If not them, potentially San Jose. And look, Arizona, Chicago, teams like that could be in the mix as well. But, I mean, San Jose is in tough. And I talked, Mike, about how you got Edmonton, you got Calgary, you got Vancouver, who I think could be better, L.A., Vegas, uh, an improved Anaheim team, maybe an improved Seattle team. Where does that leave San Jose? It leaves them in the bottom, I think, in this Pacific division. I mean, it's just uh, the forward group is just – you rely. it's Meyer and Hurdle and Couture. And after that, there's a huge drop-off offensively. Who's going to score for you after that? Defensively, Arrington, Carlson, of course, is just up and – he's all over the place. Some good games, some bad games. Health's a concern. Vlasic, not what he used to be. Uh, not a very great blue line. And then you've got three goalies, and none of them are number one caliber at this stage, in my opinion. Reimer's a good backup goalie. Kakinen's a good backup goalie. Farmer in the Dell. Uh, Aaron Dell is a decent backup goalie. But I don't know if any of them are capable to be the number one guy. So it's going to be tough, I think, for San Jose. Yeah, it, like you said, with that uh, forward group there with Couture um, and, and that group, it's, you don't have that offensive power. And you're going to need that if you can't really rely on much else, right? Um, you have a guy like Eric Carlson whose best days might be behind him. He showed glimpses of vintage Eric Carlson from his Ottawa days a little bit last year, but hopefully he can keep that up. If he can stay healthy, you never know. Um, but again, it's it, it might be tough in San Jose. They, they had the skill a few years ago, and I think they were a team that a lot of people suspected to go a long way, and it kind of fell off the rails for them. Um, so it, it's it's been a couple a couple tough few years for them, and I think it might be another one for them as well. And learning a new system, too, under David Quinn now, taking over as head coach of the uh, San Jose Sharks, former Rangers head coach as well. So that'll be an adjustment. All right, St. Louis Blues, no adjustment here. The Chief is back. Craig Berube, of course, many years now, the head coach for the uh, Blues. Uh, a, a St. Louis team that, you know, familiar faces up front, Buchnevich, Thomas, Tom, Robert Thomas, what a year for him uh, last year. Bust out year, breakout year, uh, great year for him. Tarasenko, Saad, O'Reilly, Cairo, uh, uh, Braden Shen. I mean, very, very similar uh, forward group this year. Krug, Falk, Letty, Pareko, Nico Mikola, Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, unfortunate news, though, about uh, a good young defenseman, going to be good for a while. Uh, Scott Perunovich, though, shoulder surgery, out six months, uh, just announced this morning. That's a tough blow for the Blues because he played well down the stretch. You got Bennington uh, in net, who play, I think got his game back a little bit down the stretch last year, which was good to see. Thomas Grice, of course, now backing him up because Billy Huso's gone. I think it's just, you know, they'll make the playoffs, I think, St. Louis. But again, there's always that ceiling with them. You know, are they going to be able to pull off uh, an upset in the playoffs or beat a Calgary, Edmonton, Colorado? Some of these teams they're going to have to get through. But no, St. Louis, as long as they avoid injury, they're good enough to be a playoff team. Yeah, playoff team, I think, as well. Um, again, it's just a matter of what can they do in the playoffs. Um, I, I think Ryan O'Reilly, big-time guy for them. Um, Tory Krug, Scott Prunovich was on the way up. That's a tough blow for them, for him to be out six months with uh, – the shoulder issues. So I, again, we'll see. I like their coaching there. Um, I think they play a really solid game. They're not going to go out there and score eight goals a night, but they might not let in more than two or three. So 
Um, it'll be interesting to see with them. They're a very solid team and they could bore teams to death kind of thing. So with a high powered team like Colorado coming in, if they don't give them much, then maybe it's a two, one hockey game and that can go either way. So um, it could be a good team for them. How great a teammate is Braden Shen, by the way? I'm seeing him. Someone ran over Jordan Cairo in a preseason game last week. Braden Shen stops, steps in, drops the gloves with the guy and says, oh, no, you're not doing that to Jordan Cairo. What a teammate. Just Yeah, he, for how many years he's been around, too, to step up like that in a preseason game. Like Most guys are just kind of out there getting their feet wet and getting the yep. pace back and getting a fight in preseason. For a guy like that, it's pretty good. Yeah, good for him pretty important that's what's great about shen he's got the offensive ability great away from the puck and we'll do that too step up drop the gloves support a teammate that's what you love about his game all right tampa bay lightning we got six teams left uh tampa bay lightning of course losing in the stanley cup final they fail on their bid to win three in a row um i'm looking to bet against this team especially early i think it's pace yourself don't wear yourself out early in the season. You've played a shit ton of hockey. Think of all the hockey Tampa Bay's played the last few years, and they're getting older. The core of the team's getting older. Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, point's still pretty young, but there's some guys in the team that are getting a little bit older. I think it's pace yourself in the regular season. You know you're going to be laying massive prices again with Tampa Bay this year. Find those spots for the live underdog against them. Certain nights where maybe they're battling injuries or they're not as amped up for a game. And, uh, because I think they're going to pace themselves in the regular season. Hedman, Foot, Sergachev, Chernak, uh, Cole, uh, Myers. They're going to miss Jan Ruda, though. Uh, that was a great defensive-minded shot-blocking machine, no longer with Tampa Bay. So they'll miss him. Vasilevsky, though, still one of the best goalies. But I say buyer beware about taking Tampa often, especially early in the season. I think it's pace yourself. You know, Don't wear yourself out. I don't think they give two shits about winning the President's Trophy or even winning the Atlantic division necessarily it's about just get into the playoffs we'll flip the switch at playoff time and turn it up this is not a team i'm going to be looking to bet on a ton during the regular season yeah that's kind of a scary pick during the regular season just because you don't know what you're going to get from them right and um like you said i think they're a team that kind of coasts through it just get by and then once they get in the playoffs then it's go time for them um so a team to bet on i don't know just because i think the odds probably won't be great for them either right so um, oh yeah, they'll be laying minus two fifties, minus three hundreds. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So we'll see with that. But um, like you said, could be a dangerous team in the playoffs, like they always are, right? And they're not really concerned about winning the Presidents Trophy. They're not worried about any of that kind of stuff. They just want to Stanley Cup again. So um, the long seasons that they've had with three straight going right to the end is that for sure wears on guys, especially guys that are getting up there in age. Victor Hedman. Um, who plays a ton of minutes, um, even Vasilevsky, like for the amount of games that that guy's played in the last three years, it's a lot on a body. So if they can stay healthy, then it could be dangerous in the playoffs. Regular season, not a huge fan of taking them. Uh, and here's your piece of evidence, Mike, to back up this point. Beware of backing them a lot in the regular season. The New York Rangers had 52 wins last year. They were number one in the NHL in profitability, 52 and 30. Yeah, 52 and 30 plus 13.8 units of profit. No one made more money than the Rangers for their backers last year. Tampa Bay only won one game fewer than the New York Rangers. 51 wins. Do you know what they were last year? They were a money loser. Minus two units. Look at that. The Rangers won a single game more than Tampa. They made 13 units for their backers. Tampa won a game less than the Rangers. They were down two units because you're laying these big prices with them. 
yeah, minus 250, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, t- speaking of tough, it's been the first round of the playoffs that's been tough for the next team, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, look, great forward group. They've had it for years. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, uh, Kerfoot. You can go on and on about how great they are up front. Bunting had a great year. Nick Robertson looks like he's finally going to make the team full-time. He's having a nice preseason. Uh, I mean, they're going to be great up front again. That's never the issue. Blue line, I think, is actually better. That's been an issue over the years. But they get Mark Giordano, the veteran, back. Uh, Justin Hall, Rasmus Sandin is now signed. Muzzin, again, injuries, can't stay healthy. But if he is, he's a good defenseman in his own zone. Brody, Riley, both pretty good. I think they actually have a better blue line and a little bit deeper. But again, you're rolling the dice if you're Kyle Dubas with Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray. You are. How good are they going to be? Now, Murray looks really good here in preseason. So does Samsonov. But again, can they do it in the regular season? More importantly, in the playoffs. So Toronto's a wait and see. Uh, I'm done predicting them to win a first round series. It's show me time for them. Yeah, that's that's the main thing for them is that first round curse that they've got going on right now. I mean, it's tough. Um, they have all the talent in the world to score every night, to beat teams that way offensively. And I think you're right with the defensive group that they have this year that I think they made a good um impact with that and their goaltending situation i think over the summer it was a lot of people questioned that move not being able to sign jack campbell again bringing in a guy that like matt murray and then samsonov like you're not sure what you're getting with them so it it could be could be great who knows right hopefully it is for them um obviously local team here (laughs) you want to see them kind of do as well as you can but it'll be it'll be interesting it's it's a great team that has the ability to win. Um, it's just whether or not they can put the pieces together. I'm a big fan of Sheldon Keefe. Um, I think he's in a great spot with them. Um, His and, brother coaches over where you are in England, Adam Keefe. Yeah. 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 He's a coach in Belfast. And I actually had Sheldon for a bit in uh, Pembroke and then again for um, the World Junior A Challenge. So I know him quite well. So um, yeah, I, I think they're right there. Again, it's a team that can go get hot in the playoffs, and I think they get over that first-round hurdle, then the sky's the limit, right? If they can stay healthy and if their goalies are anything that's can keep them in games, then who knows, right? But I think they're a cup contender again. Yeah, and I will say this about the two exits. The Montreal exit was a disgrace. That's terrible, the way they lost that series. Brutal, terrible. They deserve all the blame for it. But you can't compare that exit to the Tampa one. They fell on their sword. You know, they they gave it their all. Uh, great Tampa team, seventh game, two to one. It was right there for them, and it just fell short. I mean, there's a huge difference between how they went out with their tail between their legs against Montreal two years ago to last year, where they battled right down to the wire against the, the mighty Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, um, look, full season of Bruce Boudreaux is going to help, I think, Mike, because this is a team that once he took over, uh, they started to play better hockey. Uh, I think having him for a full training camp is going to help this team. They'll be ready to go and have a better start. I don't like that Besser's hurt. And I don't like that Ilya Mikheyev, who was great for the Leafs last year, they get him in the offseason that he's out to begin the year. That's troubling. Uh, but you got, you know, JT Miller's back. They weren't sure they'd keep him. Pedersen, Hoaglander, Kuzmenko's look good in training camp. Pod Colson, Hor- Horvat. I mean, the, Tanner Pearson, you've got some offensive weapons. Again, with this team, the blue line, Hughes has to improve his defensive game. We know he's great offensively. Myers, Pullman, Dermott, Ekman, Larson, Shan. I'm worried about that blue line for Vancouver. I got to admit, it's not great on paper, but they do have a great goalie. 
who can bail out a lot of mistakes, though, and Thatcher Demko. But I think Vancouver, just because Boudreaux, I like him in the regular season. He does a good job. Playoffs a different story, but he's a good regular season coach and a full training camp. That'll be a good thing for the Canuck. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think they need a couple big bounce-back years for a guy like Elias Pettersson and um, even Brock Besser as well. I think if they can have big seasons for them, then – they could be a dangerous team. And I, again, Quinn Hughes has a lot to prove as well. He's one of the best offensive defensemen in the league, if not the best. Um, but again, it's you've got to play a 200-foot game now. And with being in that division, going against Edmonton, Calgary, um, even LA, like you don't, you can't get into track meets with these teams and expect to win games. So um, I think their coaching is an upgrade. I think. Um, if their forward group can stay healthy is the main thing and then have good bounce back years, then they could be dangerous. Vegas Golden Knights, this GM, I don't know what he's done. He's botched this thing beyond belief, Kelly McCrimmon. How do you lose Marc-Andre Fleury for nothing? How do you lose Max Pacioretty for nothing? And by the way, they, they phrased it that we're trading Max Pacioretty to Carolina for future considerations. You know what future considerations are? Jack shit. All right, that's what future considerations are. Fuck all. You know, you're not getting anything back, essentially. You're getting nothing back. And the reason they had to trade Pacioretty to Carolina for nothing, just to get under the salary cap, get cap compliant, brutal cap management by this team. I can't believe how bad they were with that. And it's kind of hamstrung this team. I mean, you need Jack Eichel to be ready. He, he didn't play great down the stretch with them last year. You hope a full training camp, healthier coming off the next surgery, helps him here, Eichel, uh, to have the year that they hope that, that he can deliver. Riley Smith, Marcia, so Carlson, Stone's got to, you know, have a better uh, full season because down the stretch he kind of cooled off. Um, there's question marks there. I like the blue line still. It's hard not to when you got Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Martinez. You know, it's still a pretty good blue line. Goaltending is going to be interesting. Leonard's not going to be part of the equation for a while. Brossois is on IR to begin the year. How good is Logan Thompson? You know, at times he played very well for Vegas down the stretch, but he's going to be the guy now. The number one goalie, Logan Thompson. See how he handles it. But I, I like the hire of Bruce Cassidy. I thought he got a raw deal in Boston. That was not right what they did to him there. I love the coaching hire. But, man, there's a lot of things he's going to have to deal with with this team inheriting them. Yeah, I think if he can get the most out of his top guys, then they could be a good team. Um, I mean, obviously you have Jack Eichel, who is one of the best forwards in the league. And he, if he can play up to what Jack Eichel is supposed to be, then – um, that could be dangerous for them. But again, losing Pacioretty um, and key guys like that, it, it's it's a tough situation. But I do like their back end. I'm a big fan of Shea, Shea Theodore. Um, I think they have good depth there. Um, maybe it'll be able to give their young goalies kind of some leeway um, and let them develop a little more. Um, like Logan Thompson, like you said, like if he's going to be the number one guy, they're going to have to play some good defense in front of him just – because it's tough to do as a young guy and play however many games he's going to play over an 82 game season. Like it's tough to be able to do that. And um, if they have the support system around them, then who knows, they could be pretty good for that. But um, bringing Bruce Cassidy in, hopefully he can get the most out of a guy like Jack Eichel and the rest of their forward group who can potentially be dangerous at times. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with down there in Vegas. Another variance team. I think they could be really good, make the playoffs, contend. They could miss the playoffs altogether. They really could as well in that tough Pacific division. Uh, Washington Capitals, uh, same cast of characters, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Mantha, Strom. Uh, Dylan Strom's obviously the new addition, but uh, up front, 
uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, Darcy Kemper uh, in net. Those were the two big additions uh, to the team. Eric Gustafson on the blue line as well. But I'm telling you what, this is a team that's been on a steady decline the last couple of years, just barely getting into the playoffs and getting knocked out in the first round. That's basically the way it's been. It's been tough for Washington, especially at playoff time since the year they won the one Stanley Cup with Alex Ovechkin years ago. I don't know. I don't have a great deal of confidence in this team coming into the year. Uh, Kemper, I know, is a probably an upgrade from anything they had in net last year, considering Samsonov and Vanacek struggled. Neither one is still there. Um, but, boy, Kemper goes from Colorado to this Washington blue line that, you know, is hit or miss. I mean, Fehervari's still mistake-prone at times. Carlson had great offensively, defensively at times a little shaky. Jensen, same thing. Gustafson, same thing. Orlov's the best defensive defenseman they have. Questions with this Washington team. Uh, I honestly have them out of the playoffs, believe it or not, this year. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right with kind of that steady decline from when they won the Cup. It seems like they've just been struggling to get by. Um, I mean, Ovechkin's not getting any younger, but he's again, he still seems to be able to put up goals for them. Um, so having a guy like him, you're never really out of it. That's kind of their big thing is that as long as they have him around and as long as he's still scoring goals, then they're right there. That's the thing. I mean, um, their defense, yeah, I mean, they have a guy like John Carlson, um, Fairvarvi, like he's young, but he should be good soon. Um, so, it, it, again, it, it could be a team that's kind of just hanging on to a playoff spot. It could be a team that's looking from the outside in. Um, I think just with the high-powered offense that runs through Ovechkin that they do have a shot at it. So we'll see with them. All right, and our final team of this uh, NHL preview, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, definitely a team. They bring in Rick Bonus, former Dallas Stars head coach, and right away, wow, I don't know how this is going to reverberate around the dressing room, but you take the C off Blake Wheeler. I mean, and how's Blake Wheeler? Blake Wheeler is going to be a pro, and uh, publicly he's going to say it's no big deal. I'm sure inside he's hurt. Deep down inside, you're the captain, and they take the C away from you. That's got to impact you and be make you feel a little bit disappointed, uh, no question. That's a little bit of a bizarre turn of events now. Uh, you know, up front, it, it, Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers are outstanding. Wheeler's offensive play declined significantly last year. PLD is back, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, you're going to have to hope Morgan Barron develops for you. Jansen Harkins takes a step forward, becomes more impactful offensively. Same with Cole Perfetti, you know, who they have some high hopes for. Uh, they're going to need to step up for them. The blue line is the big concern. Nate Schmidt took a step back last year. Dylan didn't play great. Pionk took a step back last year. Logan Stanley didn't progress the way we thought. And I like Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello, but are they top pair defensemen? Handle all those minutes, play in every situation? It's tough to ask that of them. I think they're good defensemen. I don't know if they're one-two defensemen. And Hellebuck, you know, is going to be asked to do a lot, and his play at times was mediocre last year. That was not a great year by Connor Hellebuck's standards last year. So, I got the arrow pointing down on Winnipeg, unfortunately. I think it's going to be tough times here for uh, the Jets this season. Yeah, I mean, right from the get-go there with the stripping of the captaincy, it's it's a different move. You don't see it often too much. What but, a tone setter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, it can could go either way. I feel like if guys handle it the right way, then, you know what, it could be a good situation for them. But if not, then who knows, right? It could backfire, so... Um, we'll see with that. But again, they have some really good offensive pieces with Mark Shifley, Wheeler, um, guys like that, even like Perfetti coming in, like he's a young guy, but he he'll be good in the future. Um, so we'll see with that. I'm a big Josh Morrissey fan. I really like Dylan DeMello as well. Like they have some room there to, to be able to 
play in and win games, um, just whether or not they can do that. And um, again, a tough conference. Let's for a lot of these teams, it's yep. it's that tight, right? So um, if they're even decently good, they can be a good team throughout the season, and then hopefully get into a playoff spot. But who knows, right? So um, I, I like them. I, I think they'll they'll be decent throughout the year, and we'll just have to see. Yeah, well, it's going to be based on Connor's got to play better, Hellebuck and Net, and the defense has got to uh, be a huge dramatic improvement from the last year for sure. Uh, Mike, we thank you a million times over. I didn't plan for this show to be an hour 40 minutes. I was joking at the beginning, we'd be two hours, but we almost did hit two hours. But great stuff with you. And again, he's going to be playing over in England this weekend. That's why we did the uh, recording of the show today uh, earlier in the week. Now, I know, and I'm going to throw this out there, this joke may not may fall flat, but you know what? I know in the in a t- hockey game, it's physical, it's competitive. You know, you're going to have scrums and shit after the whistle. Someone says something to you, maybe hacks you in the back of the leg with a slash after the whistle. You're not happy and you want to talk smack to someone. You can always say to them, hey, suck my crow cock. There you go. <laughs> what do you think? No. Yeah, right, not, not, great. not my best work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not my best work. Uh, yeah, so uh, you're playing when? Friday, Saturday this weekend, right? Yeah, we go uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday this week, yeah. So, all right. Awesome stuff. Good luck to you. We'll bring you back on many times uh, during our live shows uh, throughout the course of the season, whenever you can uh, manage it. So great stuff. Great analysis. This is a guy that bets, by the way, uh, he, he's into it. Uh, NHL betting, sports betting in general. And that's why we love having him on the show. Mike Krokoch. Thank you very much, my friend, for joining us here on this season preview bonus edition of the Ice Guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great stuff. Uh, Thanks to Mike Crocock for joining us. I'm Ian Cameron. Reminder, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, we are back with our official season premiere launch of the Ice Guys, 2 p.m. Eastern season preview show. Myself and Alex B. Smith, thank you for watching this special bonus edition of the Ice Guys.